0: Amen. Amen. All
1: right, so let's go. Let's get to it. I'll go to the beginning here. You guys don't care about the end. You guys see it? Yep.
0: Yes, I can't see it because I'm on One Tap Mobile.
1: Okay. All right, so let me read through Acts. We're going through Acts two today. So it's okay. this is all about Pentecost, mostly centered around that. Pentecost in the early church, what was happening, how things were going. We already talked about Acts 1, how they were all together. Jesus met with them after he ascended. I mean, before he ascended in those 40 days between the time that he rose again, between the resurrection and the ascension. He told them, you know, he taught them and we talked about how he talked about his kingdom. Um, But in order to have the kingdom, then you got to have the kingdom's power right, to, to empower you to make things happen. And so we're about to see that. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Fergio, Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews and converts to to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Peter stood up, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead. or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You've shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't talking about himself, for he died and was buried. And his tomb is still here in us. but he was a prophet. And he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future, speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other disciples, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord, our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 and all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. So a few things in in the Greek here, you guys may remember, uh, there's this word metanoia. And what this word means in Greek is it means to change your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Change your mind. So when he told them, when Peter stood up and said, repent and be baptized, when he said repent, he was saying metanoia. He was telling them, change your mind. Make a 180 degree change in your thinking, right? you killed this, this Jesus whom you called basically a, a criminal. You killed him as a convicted criminal. But he said, instead, you killed the Arthur of life. But now he's, he's been resurrected from the dead. He's basically telling them, you need to accept him as Lord. You need to change your thinking. But, it was, but it's interesting to me that that word is, you know, change your thinking. This is what they've been called to do, to repent. And then he said, when they heard him, they said that the word says that what he said pierced their hearts. Now, of course, our Lord Jesus was pierced in his heart, literally by a spear. But here they're speaking figuratively. But it's catanoso. That's the same, it's that same meaning as like being pierced by a spear. Uh, they were literally pierced in the heart when he spoke. So the Holy Spirit really, you know, really was moving when Peter was speaking. And then it said that. Death could not hold it. And so the word that is used there, this krotestai, comes from the Greek word kratos, which means death. And it talks about the grip that you have on something. And so what it's literally saying is death wasn't strong enough to keep Jesus in his grip. Jesus was able to break the grip of death, right, when he went there. And then it says they were there devoting themselves to prayer, to fellowship, you know, including the Lord's meal. Um, and they had all things in common. Where well, it says, devoting themselves uh, to prayer, to the teachings of the apostles, to fellowship and meals, is this word, which means persistent, steadfast. So they were continuing in prayer, in fellowship, and listening to the teachings of the apostles. So it was a steady, continuous, unrelenting thing in the same way that a river makes something like the Grand Canyon over time. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what they were doing is they were continuing to persist in prayer, persist in fellowship and loving on each other. And God did something with it. Now, I want to show you something from Exodus. Uh, I want to show you this. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. A cloud covered the mountain, and a very loud horn sounded. All the people among the tents shook with fear. Then Moses brought the people from among the tents to meet God. They stood at the base of the mountain. Mount Sinai was all in smoke, because the Lord came down upon it in fire. Smoke went up like the smoke of a stove, and the whole mountain shook. Okay. So now I want to make a few observations um first off they were all together in one place on one accord right and Mm -hmm. they were praying when when all of this happened when the holy spirit came and who they were was the 120 that we talked about last time it included his mother jesus's mother mary it included his brothers right now remember he had four brothers that are named in mark you may remember they all thought he was crazy Right. I and mean, they literally thought Jesus was crazy. But now they're all on board because they know now that he is what he said he was all along. Right. So his brothers are there, his mother's there, the disciples are there, you know, and then obviously several others of his followers are there. and They're all there together, one accord, and they're praying. And that's when this thing happens. Y'all remember where he says where two or more are gathered in my name?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There am I in the right. Middle. So this is a living mm-hmm. example. Of that, right? He didn't just come; he came roaring in there, into their midst. Mm -hmm. And I want you to notice something in Exodus when we looked at that part about Moses on the mountain. (laughs) Look at this; it said there was thunder and lightning. It didn't say lightning and thunder; Mm -hmm. it thunder and lightning, right? Right. So the sound came first, right? Mm -hmm. And in Pentecost, what was the first thing that happened? It started with the sound, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So what he said was, it was a sound like a rushing wind, and people who've been in the midst of tornadoes say it sounds like a railroad train coming down the tracks, right? Yeah, that's the most common way people describe it, you know, that it's incredibly loud, like an incredibly loud railroad train that is just coming mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of how Pentecost started. It, was a, it started with a sound. Now, if you think about it, God started creation with a sound, right? Right. He spoke a wow, boom. Uh-huh. He spoke, he spoke, and you know, and, yeah. and this he said it all off of the sound. Mm-hmm. And on the mountain, when he was given the Torah, and by the way, the Torah mm-hmm. to the Greeks, I mean to the to the Jews, um, it means that many of them interpreted it as teaching, the teachings, so not the law, but mm-hmm. the teachings of Christ. So basically Pentecost and the giving of the Torah, the Pentecost where the Torah was given, and the Pentecost where the Holy Spirit was given. Both, both are teachers, right? Both different teachers. But they started with this town. And then, now, it, it said that each of them heard, you know, their own languages. And there are about 15 different languages that were described, different nationalities. But these folks heard the people speaking. And they heard what? Their own, very own languages, right? So they weren't uh-huh. hearing, you know, all of these people. Heard it said, and now when I say it's the opposite of Babel, what God did with Babel was he he gave everyone who was speaking a common language, different languages so that they wouldn't understand each other. Now, here he gave people who didn't speak their language, other people's languages, so that they would understand what was being said. Mm -hmm. So he kind of flipped it, what he did at Babel. And what were they talking about? They were talking about the marvelous works of God. They were praising God. Um, and so people heard that. And what this is basically saying, remember, Jesus said, and you'll be my witnesses um, in Jerusalem and yeah. Judea, Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, you got to be able to communicate with folks. Right. So what does he do? He gives them the ability to speak to other folks. Now, I want you to point out something here. They're not speaking here. They're speaking real languages. Right. Mm-hmm. If they were never taught. Right. But there's right. languages that they would never talk. And by the way, some of you may think that that's not real. But I ran across a real estate agent. He seemed like a perfect, incredible guy. He told me his wife was given the gift of, of just speaking Russian. She never studied it. The Lord just gave, mm-hmm. him, he just gave her the ability to, to speak and understand Russian just like that. Boom. He just did it. I'm sure I'm sure he's got some. And, you know, there have been other people in other countries who when missionaries and stuff have been praying in tongues. They've heard their languages, you know, that were being spoken, right? Um, Again, in languages that these folks, you know, never learned. And that's what's going on here. These people were speaking languages, you know, that they never learned. These are real human languages, right? And I'll tell you, I heard, uh, I had an experience like this, a couple of them, actually. And one of them, um, Bobby Ladd and I were together at this guy's church. Uh, His name was, I think his name was actually Jonathan, Jonathan. And uh, this girl who Donna, who who Bobby used to date stood up, and she began to speak in another language. Now, when I say another language, it was another language. Like, if you'd have taped it, if I'd have taped it and taken it to a university, I'm pretty sure somebody could have translated it and told me exactly what she said. And, and while she was speaking, Bobby and I, well, the same thing happened for me. So she's speaking in this language, right? In my head, there is a movie camera. And everything that she's saying, I'm seeing the movie. But what shes saying, I'm not hearing words. I'm seeing the movie. And it had to do with Anwar Sadat. Y'all may remember when he was assassinated? Yeah. By um, Egypt? And God was angry about it, which sounds weird, but that, it was about that. It was about his death and God's anger over that. Y'all may remember... He, he did a peace deal with, with Israel. Him and Carter and whoever it was at the time that was leaving, I want to say Menahem Begain, but I'm not sure that's who it was. They all did that peace deal, you know, which was the first time in a long time Egypt's neighbors had, you know, one of their, their opposing neighbors had actually made peace with them. And so God was, he was moving out from a mountain as a big cloud. He was moving out. And, uh, but I could see it and I could see like, a, you know, like you take a, It's like somebody taking a a film projector and stuck it in my head. Right. And so Bobby gave the interpretation. And guess what? He said exactly what I saw. And he said it was the same way for him. It was like it was a movie projector stuck in his head. But what I'm telling you is she was speaking a real language. Okay, Now, y'all know that there's a lot of controversy in the church. There are people that say that, uh, you know, if you're filled with the spirit, at least initially, They call it being baptized in the spirit. We use different language. Then they say that you're going to speak what? Another language, right? And that that's always the sign. Hmm. And we're going to see some stuff to see what we think about that. Um, But we saw what we saw in Exodus that what they experienced was similar to what happened to Moses, right? The sounds, the sights, um, flames and smoke and fire, a similar deal to what Moses was seeing. Now, we saw this part that said death could not hold him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that tells us that Jesus had power that exceeded the power of death. Mm-hmm. He had dunamis power. And if you look at the word, you know what it says?
0: Right.
1: Now, this says that different parts of the word tell us that, first off, it tells us in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. And in Romans 1, it tells us that the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. Now, it also tells us that the God the Father raised him from the dead um, in other parts of Romans. And it also tells us that he had the power. Jesus said, I have the power to lay down my life and the power to what? Take it up again. Mm-hmm. So that we see the Trinity at work here. But you see the power of the Holy Spirit, dynamus like dynamite. but it's spelled more like dunamis, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that is the power that lives in you. So the same thing, and and Jesus was one of his human flesh. He didn't do anything that really used his divinity. He really simply did what we could do with the Holy Spirit working through us. Okay? But the power that was working through him, the power of the Holy Spirit was so great, death could not hold it. And guess what? They can't hold us either, right? That's the great news today. Right, right. Death cannot hold us because it has not; it just doesn't have enough power to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't have to ever worry about death because death can't keep a grip on us. And because of this power, he was speaking to them in every language, right? That was a sign that there was a call to everyone. Now, in... In the Hebrew tradition, they say that when Moses was on the mountain and he was given the Torah, that that God gave it to him. And all at that time, they believed there were 70 languages that were spoken. They believed that God gave it to him, all 70 of the languages that were spoken at that time. So similarly to that event, this was a similar thing. Everybody that was there, they heard God reaching out to them. And this was was that symbol of what he already told them was going to happen. Right. You're going to take my word to the ends of the earth. This isn't for any one group of people. This is for everybody, right? Right. All people, all tribes, all tongues, all nations, all of them. This is a call to everyone. Everyone needs to repent. Everyone needs to change their mind and understand who this Jesus is. That he's Lord, that he's Savior, that he did die. Most of all, that he was resurrected. Now, a lot of the cults and stuff, they'll concede that Jesus died. Right on the cross. But as we've already said, just his death, there's nothing there in that, right? Everybody was like we say, thousands of people were killed on the cross. What they won't concede is that he was resurrected, right? Because that sets him apart from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he was telling them about the marvelous works of God in their own language. So it was a call to every person everywhere. You need to know about this Jesus. So now they're sitting in this upper room and they're meeting God. This is God coming in, sweeping in. And he's not doing anything like what they they expected. He's coming in with tongues of fire appearing on him. He's coming in, he's filling them up and they're speaking languages they never learned. He's coming in, he's making sounds. Now, in this particular time, they don't say this, but later on, after they prayed for boldness, after Peter and John were arrested, they say that the, the building that they were in shook. Right, I can imagine that the very power of God shook the building. Right, while they're here, they weren't expecting all this. Right, but this—this this is the God that we serve. He's an unexpected God who does things in ways that we don't necessarily expect. You know, we can't predict. You know, we don't know what He's going to do, how He's going to do it. And they found that out firsthand. Now, when they're sitting up there, you notice that they're doing all this Bible study and learning all this stuff that the apostles, know, but they're also fellowshipping, right? So it's not just Bible study. They're putting it into action, right? They're working with people. So they're not just academics getting head knowledge. They're out there working with people and putting the knowledge to work in the lives of people, you know, and we saw that they were, um, we'll see other stuff about exactly what they do, how God moves on them. But the point is, you know, that no matter how you look at it, this God that we know, He is a wonder. God really is a wonder. You know, to do something like this. Think about it. Imagine that you we go out on the streets. We're in China. We hear people speaking in English, Spanish and German. Right. A group of people that we know they didn't learn these languages. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty amazing thing. And, you know, we're hearing sounds. They're hearing sounds like like a hurricane. (laughs) that would be something else if you think about it but the point is we we say that we serve an awesome God well he really is an awesome God and he said when Peter stood up he said he quoted Joel right and he said this is what the prophet Joel said he said that in the last days he would what pour out his spirit Right on all flesh. And he said, This is for what? He said, For you? For your children? Now, y'all know the children, to them, it doesn't matter how many generations separated you. If you descended from them, you're what? Child. Right? So they didn't have this concept of grandchildren and grandparents and great grandparents and all that. It was just children, right? Five generations out, Mm -hmm. 10 generations, it doesn't matter. You're their children if you descended from them directly, right? So what I'm telling you is by saying that, he said that this was, that it's for us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? right. So you for your children and for those what? are far off. So a far off in what? In time and space, right? That's us. So he's still pouring out a spirit on us today. Nothing's changed except us. So now I have some questions. So my first question is this: Do you believe it's necessary to speak in tongues when one is filled with the Spirit? And no, with the Spirit. Okay, oh, Joyce. No, you say Joyce. You say no.
0: Right. No. I know. I don't either.
1: On scriptural grace, what scriptural basis do you say that? Because
0: God, that's a gift. It's the one of the gifts. God okay. doesn't give everybody is every a gift.
1: Okay. Very so. good, Cynthia. I like that. Mm-hmm. So now, if you look in First Corinthians twelve, what 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 Paul says is he says this. He also says one is given the gift of tongues. He says, right. "Do we all speak with tongues?" Right. No. And he says clearly, clearly. no. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and he says, "Do all prophesy?" And he was saying, right. "What? Clearly, no." Right. He, right. He's saying what mm-hmm. you're saying. His point was that you know it, it gives gifts. The Holy Spirit gives gifts as He you know decides. Right. Mm-hmm. And one gets one gift and another gets another gift. Right. So You got mm-hmm. to say that it's not necessary to speak in tongues when one is filled with the Spirit. Okay, so I got a question for you. Was Jesus filled with the Spirit? Because we're going to put this thing to bed once in a while, as far as I'm concerned. Was Jesus filled with the Spirit? Yeah. He absolutely was. The Word told us that when he was baptized
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the River Jordan, that he was filled yeah. with the Spirit. Now, did right. Jesus ever speak in tongues while he walked the earth? Not that we know of, not that's recorded. It's not recorded in the gospel anywhere that he spoke. He certainly didn't when he got up, right? When he was baptized by John. He didn't speak in tongues. Mm-mm. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm sure he could have if he wanted to, speaking in, you know, if he'd have accessed his godhood, right? Right. But if Jesus wasn't oh, yeah. he going go around speaking in tongues, I think we can pretty safely say, as Paul said, you know, that it's 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 a gift that some get. You know, and some don't get it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And so to make a big deal out of it, like you got to have it because, you know, I think that that's wrong. Period. Period. Right. Story. Yeah. If Jesus didn't yeah. do it, didn't it's do kind it of, in my opinion, that settles the whole story. Hmm.
0: It's kind of hard to believe that people have. Um...
1: Hi, thank you for listening to this brief. We have plenty more at ChristianBrief.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B-R-I-E-F.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you and hope you check out some of the other briefs at ChristianBrief.com.